Hello, and welcome to New Hope Christian Fellowship with Pastor John Gilbert. You ever thought of that? Can it be a harvest? John 4, John chapter 4 and verse 34 says, And Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto eternal, unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Verse 37. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and one reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labour. Other men laboured, and ye entered, and ye are entered into their labours. So that's my reading for the message. And you know, sort of my theme has been evangelism, and I'm continuing it. This chapter, chapter four. John's Gospel, it really is a chapter full of surprises. Why I say that is, I'll say this, without reading the whole chapter, it's a long chapter, the woman I spoke about two weeks ago, this Samaritan woman, she was taken by surprise that Jesus himself spoke to her because he's a Jew. She's a Samaritan lady. And she brought it up. She said, Jews don't talk to Samaritans. Jesus was crossing cultural barriers. Jesus was crossing racial barriers. He spoke to her. The woman was also surprised that Jesus, the Lord Jesus, knew everything about her. I mean, it takes you by surprise when people say to you things about yourself that, that you think, well, how did they know that? I mean, it reminds me of this woman called Claire. That I went out with her. She was my girlfriend. She was a bit of a witch. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see your face changed there, Margie. Your eyebrows went down. She didn't have a hat with a point on it like that, right? You know what I'm talking She didn't have a broom either. She didn't go around on a broom. But <laughs> she did have a motorbike and a leather jacket. <laughs> no, she had black leather boots on though, Paul. But why I mention her is she was cutting my hair once, right? She was a hairdresser, right? And she said, You're looking in the mirror. You know when you're looking in the mirror and they're looking right. She said, John, she said, Are you a Scorpio? I said, Yes. And she got my attention because she told me the truth. Even though I'm not into astrology anymore, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. It confuses you, makes you narrow-minded. Because she was into it and she got me into it. it made me narrow-minded. But the thing what I'm trying to say is she told me 
something that was true because I'm born on November 22nd, which is under the banner of Scorpio. See what I'm saying? But I don't agree, I don't believe in it anymore. There's a few flaws in it. Anyway, why I say that, this woman was surprised that Jesus told her everything he knew about her, that she'd been married five times, that she was with a man who weren't her husband. Do you know what I'm saying? It captivated her. And then, after she went back to Sychar, where she came from, the people of the city were surprised with her testimony. When she came to them, she said, come, come and see a man that told me everything I ever did. And when they went, they were surprised as well. Because I read that verse, 41 and 42, that they realised he is the Messiah. Surprise them. And, and on top of this, right, the disciples, when they, they went to get food, didn't they? And they came back and they were surprised that Jesus wasn't hungry. It's amazing. All full of surprises. And he was hungry. However, this is the thing. When you do the Lord's work, you get excited. And you get, you're full of joy. You're full of happiness. And when that comes upon you, you forget about eating. You forget about all the things you should, you forget about going to bed. Because you're so captivated that the Lord is with you and that you're working with the Lord. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Anyway, so that's how he, that's why he wasn't hungry. <coughs> now, Jesus surprises everybody, the disciples, because he is announcing a great harvest. A great harvest. And what does he mean? What does he mean? We went to the harvester and I was thinking about that and thinking about the harvest, you know. <coughs> what he's saying? Souls, many, many souls are ready for the harvest. You know, if you were Farmer Giles, you've heard of Farmer Giles, if you went up to the to the countryside and you see all the fields full of corn, you know, blowing in the wind, and you, it's, I mean, when did they plant the seed for the corn? I don't know. I don't know. But the farmer waited and waited and waited for that corn to grow and to mature, and then when, it, when it's ready, he thinks, Right, boys, let's do the harvesting. Now, just recently, it started raining, didn't it? The last week or so. It's been quite bad. And, and this week's going to rain. So the farmers and the farm workers are out working hard to get all that harvest in before the rain damages it. You don't want soggy wheat, do you? So anyway, the harvest right now is ready. But Jesus is saying in this passage, don't say four months and then the harvest. It's ready now, and I'm going to tell you why it's ready. But this is all by way of introduction. There's good pay offered for reapers if you're willing to work. So today, I want to consider this aspect of our Christian lives and duty, the harvest. And um, every believer needs to know that there is a harvest out there. There is a harvest 
waiting to be reaped. He's there. Who will be a reaper? Huh? Could it be you? The harvest is ready. Verse 35. Say not, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look to the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Now, why did he say that? The in, at that point in time, the harvest wasn't ready physically. He said it was four months. Say not it's in four months. Everybody said, no, nah, Lord, it's not ready. Four months' time, it will be the harvest. So could someone go back four months? What is it, September, August, July, June? The harvest weren't ready in June, was it? No, no. It was still green in June, wasn't it? Yeah, right, good, good. But Jesus is saying, right, in that text, say not that in four months' time will be the harvest, right? Why? I'll tell you why. The harvest has to do with the finished work of Jesus. When he was on the cross, what did he say? One of the last things he said. There we go. It's finished. He did the work of the Father. He did, he, he gave his body as a living sacrifice. He died on the cross. The blood was poured out. He completed the work that the Father had prepared for him. His work was finished. Does this say something? Here we go. John 34, 4.34, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So, prior to the death, the the sacrifice of Jesus dying on that cross, prior to that, the only way to have your sins forgiven was for you to take a, a lamb to the temple once a year. A man used to do it. Say, Joey, because he's got a family, he would go to the temple, he would get the lamb, he would take it there, they would sacrifice that lamb, and the priest would say, that's for the, sac that's for the sins of your family, Joey. Right? That's how they did it. But once Jesus was offered on the cross as a sacrifice, God's sacrifice, John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God.
who I am and what I'm doing. But if they're going there to run, well, I can go up there and walk around the track with a banner. Anyway. Um, street evangelists, the police will gonna come to you, and any anyone will come to you and talk to you, and then you know like that. You have to be like really, really tough, like the one that Jody was following in America. Like if there's a pride parade, he will be there with all his banner about homosexuality. Really, the thing is, you've got to be wise. Mm. You do have to be wise. Because I don't want to rub people up the wrong way unnecessarily. You know, it's we've got to be compassionate. We can't, you know, we'll, we'll get there. I'm, I'm going to go through the rest of the message. It might come up again. But I understand where you're coming from. We have to realise how urgent the situation is. Because at the end of the day, why did the Lord call us? He said to Peter, James and John, the fishermen, come, I will make you fishers of men. So from the outset, they knew why Jesus called them, that they should be fishers of men. And even after he died and rose again, what happened? They went fishing. Not for men, for fish. Didn't they? Then they realised they were slow at learning. But the thing is, this is one of those jobs. Nobody really wants to do it, do they, Dominic? People procrastinate. You know what that means, don't you? Manana. 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 Let's do it tomorrow, not today. Mind you, I'll be busy tomorrow. But reapers are needed. Right? They are the Lord is looking for reapers today as he was then. And he said. Verse 36, And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. But both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Somewhere else, I'm not sure where it says it, Dominic can look it up so that we can check it out. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to, serve, to send workers into the harvest field. You know the verse, you've heard it, right? Check it. We're going to go there, Dom. So, someone said, I moved on to my next point, right? Reapers are needed. Someone said this, there are too many spectators and not enough reapers. Are you a spectator or are you a reaper? They also said there are too many shirkers, not enough workers. Well, some of you have spent your life working. You're retired now. But when you was a worker, was you a shirker or a worker? No one's going to put their hand up to shirkers, are they? But as Christians, when it comes to evangelism, no, 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 John, you're talking about the wrong subject, mate. I'd rather talk about a tea party. 
You know what I'm saying? There aren't many workers about. And, and when you really think about it, are people not expecting a great harvest? There is a, do you know, there is a Bible verse somewhere in the Old Testament, and Dominic can look this one up as well. There are many, many in the valley of decision. Do you know that one, Dom? It's like Amos or Hosea or somewhere like that. Do you see what I'm saying? And because someone is found to be faithful, the people, the harvest, the, the, the people that are in the valley of decision, those that are, you know, walking through this life, the valley of the shadow of death, you know. Joel 3.14. Dom's going to put it up. How does many get in the valley of decision? Because somebody's going out there saying, make straight paths for the Lord. Like John the Baptist would have said, every valley shall be raised, every mountain shall be made low. John the Baptist preached and the people listened to him. Many in the valley of decision. Can we do that again? Can God find the right workers to reap in a harvest field? The sad reality, people, right now is this, that there are many just holding out until Jesus comes back. They're saying, nah, mate, I don't want to be getting out there and getting my hands dirty and letting all my neighbours know that I'm a believer. They're shirkers. They're not workers. They're just holding out till Jesus returns. But Jesus, the Lord Jesus, wants people to be involved. He wants them to be active. He wants them to be aggressive. <coughs> he says, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men take a hold of it. Is that you? And you might say, John, I'm a little old lady. How can I be like that? Well, that's a good question. Do you know William Booth? What amazed me about William Booth, I heard this statistic. Who's William Booth? He's the leader of the Salvation Army. And do you know, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, Don. Someone told me he did not start his cause as the Salvation Army until he was 70 years of age. That is amazing. Because how can a man at 70, uh, Mick, how old are you? 72. He's 72, right? Mick 72. So William Booth, General William Booth, started his cause, the Sully Army, at 70 years of age. Isn't that incredible? That he should motivate a group of believers into serving the cause for Jesus Christ. And his legacy is still around today. That impresses me. And do you know what he said? My best men are women. Well, there's a few women here this morning, starting with Jezreel, Nika, Margie, Yan and Mayette. 
Are my best men women, Paul, today? That's what I want to know. <laughs> hey, Joey. <laughs> we need workers, not shirkers. We need to... the re <coughs> Reapers need to cultivate compassion for the lost. People are lost. They're lost. The Muslim kids think that Jesus is just a prophet. They won't accept him as the Messiah. Even the Jew boys. They Jew, they rejected Jesus. He was their own prophet, Messiah, and they rejected him. <coughs> How can this be? But it is. It's happened. God has used Paul the faithful witness to turn to the Gentiles. And here we are, we're born again. We're children of God. We're, we're saved. But who will do this work for Jesus Christ? Who will be those reapers? <coughs> Dominic found this verse. Mark 9. Remember, Dom, you said it a minute ago. Can we go there? Mark 9 something, 36. Let's have a look at a few verses in this passage. The need for reapers is urgent. 9.37 Matthew Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest is truly is plenteous, but the labourers are few. How many is a few? Three? I always thought three was a few. A couple was two. We know what one is. A single. A couple's two. A few is three. Well, I'm joining you, Dom. All right? Yeah. That's two of us. And then you've got Liam. That's three of us. That's a few of us then, isn't it? Yeah. Then say, I'll repeat the verse. Matthew 9.37 Then saith he unto his disciples... The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labourers are few. Verse, verse 36 said, But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. God wants to save souls. This, I mean, you, you know that, don't you? This is not new to you. He wants to reap in a harvest. Can, can we help him? We could say, Lord, here I am. Isaiah, when he got a glimpse of God in Isaiah chapter 6, and he saw the glory of God, he said, Lord, send me. Because he heard the Lord say, who shall we say? Who shall we send? He said, Lord, send me. This is Isaiah. Dave's coming in. Paul, can you just hold that door for him, mate? Janet locked him out. We forgive you. We forgive you. Don't worry. Poor Dave. Crashing into the door. Oh, Dave, don't worry. I don't mind. You've given me every reason to start the sermon all over again. Uh, 
Now, here we go. We're coming back to this. Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the multitudes. He saw all the people like a sheep without a shepherd. The Lord wants to save souls. The, war, the Lord is looking for workers. He said there is it's only a few of us. You know? There is a need. The, 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 the work is urgent. We can't wait like four months next year, two years' time, wait for some super-duper evangelist from, from wherever, I don't know, the bloke in America um, teaching on the Ten Commandments. What's his name, Dom? Uh, Ray, Comfort. Ray Comfort. You know, we can't wait for the big names. We can't. We've just got to get on with who we are. But we can't be lazy either because we can't have reapers that are lazy. If you go to the Proverbs, the character, you've got the wise man, you've got the foolish man, and there's another man, and, and I laugh when I think about him, he called the sluggard. Well, who would put on their CV, if you were going for a job, saying, I am a sluggard? Who's going to expect to get a job when uh, the, the, the company says, oh, look, I can see that you're, you're a waste of space. You love your bed, eh? Yeah, that's me, uh, CEO. Yeah, that's me. I'm a sluggard. Well, you're not going to get the job, are you? God wants people that are not sluggards to get involved with his work. And there is a parable somewhere in the New Testament where the Lord said to someone, can you go work in my harvest field? And the bloke said, no, I won't. No, I won't. I'm paraphrasing because I don't know where the, the parable is. But as he went, he had a change of heart and he did. So what did he do? He repented. And today you might, um, you might be listening to the sermon and say, John, I don't want to hear a sermon like this. I want to hear a, a sermon about the roads of gold in, in heaven. I want to hear a sermon about the, the pearly gates of heaven. I don't want to hear a word about work. I don't want to hear you telling me I'm a sluggard. Well, it's true though, isn't it? Dominic, am I a sluggard? Yes, I am. Telling you the truth. Go to the end, you sluggard. What does that mean? Well, it means what it says. Go to an ant's nest and look at them. Watch them. Have a, get down on all fours and have a look around. Come on. Mm -hmm. Can you think who won the minute, I don't think it's. No. Have you ever gone to an ant? Aye? Anyone? Martin? Yeah? You've been to the ants? Well, you do a lot of gardening, so you see a lot of ants. Have you seen how hard they work? Yeah. They carry like particles of food all the time. All the time they're working. Every one of them. You don't see a lazy ant, do you, Nico? You can't go to an ant's nest and say, are there any sluggards down there? They're saying, we don't know what a sluggard is, mate. Do you understand me? Are you a sluggard today? 
Well, we know Joey's not because he's investigating. He's looking at outrage in America. He's checking it out before he dips his toes in the water. We're looking forward to the day, aren't we, Don? Yeah. There'll be more than a few of us soon, Dominic. Might have Paul down there as well sometime. Some people... Please forgive me if I'm touching a raw nerve. Yeah? You know what touching a raw nerve is, don't you? You've been to a dentist, you might not have had an injection, they start that drill, they get into that tooth and then they touch a raw nerve and you You know what that feels like, don't you? Jesus was preaching to the people and some people made excuses. He said, who will come and work in the kingdom of heaven? Who will, who will come? And he asked people, they said, oh, I've got to go and bury my father. He said, let the dead bury the dead. He said to someone else, he said, come on, you've got to follow me. He said, oh, I've just bought two oxen. I want to try them out in the harvest field. Well, I could say, come on, let's go downtown and follow Dominic. You might say, John, I've just bought a plasma TV screen. I want to hang it on the wall on Saturday. I can spend all weekend watching TV, watching the neighbours. You understand? What is important to us? What's important to you? Could you be making excuses just like those people? If, if, if that parable was rewritten in modern language, modern day times, what would be the excuses that people would be saying? Oh Lord, I just bought a new mountain bike. I want to go and try it out. Oh, I just bought a new, a new Samsung Galaxy. Oh, I want to play with it all day long. No, I'm saying. The Lord will be very upset. Because, listen, he has got rewards. He's, he's got rewards in glory ready to distribute to those that are willing to work. God has got rewards. <coughs> we could read the end of um, Revelation. We can see quite clearly he wants to put crowns, crowns upon your head. Do you think he's going to put a crown upon the head of someone that's a sluggard? He's not going to do it. If somebody is wasting God's time, <coughs> is he going to entertain you when he comes? You know, if you, it, I keep going back to that, that parable of the talent. He gave, he distributed talents to people. And one had one, and he went and buried it. Is that us? Well, I'm telling you, and I'm pointing those fingers back at myself. I have buried my talent. What the Lord has given me, there have been times where I just could not be bothered to go out and be an evangelist or be a preacher or be a reaper for him. Just haven't done it. But he has got gives him glory. I mean, he must have a storehouse for them. Waiting to give us, put 
won't work for him. I just don't think he's going to put a crown on, on our heads if, if we can't be bothered. But there is a pain. I mean, let me ask you a question. When you went to work, yeah, at Margie, all the days of your life, did you ever work for nothing? At the, the hospital? Or at the social care home? You did. You did voluntary work. If you never had your wages and you just did voluntary work, would you have still done the voluntary work for nothing? You need the wages. We need to be supported. The Lord wants to support us. He wants to pay us. He don't want to be no man's debtor. And he will pay you up in full. He will reward you. He will bless you abundantly. If not in this life, and I'm telling you, even in this life, if, if God chooses to bless a man or a lady, you'll be so blessed with abundance. You won't have a barn big enough to fill it with his blessing. He might bless you with, I said on Friday night, we went out, we had dinner. I sat next to Jan and I said, I'm going to sit next to my big sister. So God has blessed me with you to be my, both of you, to be my older sisters. Isn't that love? I've never had an older sister in my life before, but I've got you two. Do you see what I mean? That's wages, isn't it? You see, God can bless me and you in many, many different ways. It doesn't have to be money. It can be comfort. Comfort from my friends. God has brought us at a price. And God has brought you and me into your life, you into my life, whoever we are this morning. So God wants to reward you. You know that, don't you? So those of you have won the Saviour. Let me show this to you. There's something else. I'll, I'll Go to Thessalonians. This is important. 1 Thessalonians, Dominic. Yeah. Chapter, I think it's chapter 2. Wonderful. And with this in mind, I think 
this should send Christians out into the harvest field enthusiastically. We should be motivated and say, Lord, you know, if this is what you've called me to, I want to get on with your work. I want to get on with what your plan for my life is. I want to fulfill it. Can you do it? Yes, we can. Listen to this. I'm closing now. But I've got two quotes to give you to encourage you for the great harvest. Matthew Henry, what did he say? He said this. I would think it a greater happiness to gain one more soul for Jesus Christ than to have mountains, a mountain of silver, and gold for myself. If you can imagine, we've been up to the lake district. You see all them big hills everywhere. Imagine all those hills were gold and silver and, and money. Would you rather have mountains of gold and silver and see people lost forever going to hell? Or would you say, no, nah, I don't want that. I'd rather see people saved going to heaven. He's put, that's the context that he's putting it in. I'd rather see souls go to heaven and not have a mountain of gold or silver. Charles Spurgeon said, he was a great speaker, <coughs> I would rather be the means of saving one soul from death than to be the greatest orator in the whole world. He'd rather see one soul saved than be the best speaker, elegant speaker in the world. What about you today, as we close? Would you rather would you rather win the national lottery ten times over or just once? Or to see soul saved and go to glory? What would you want? The Lord would have you to go around and say, Lord Jesus, here I am. What can I do for you? Lead me to someone that needs saved. Can we do that? We're doing it for Jesus Christ. Not for ourselves, but for him. Let's pray. Lord, Lord Jesus, truly the harvest is plentiful. It was plentiful in your day, it's also plentiful in this day that we live in. Lord, I pray. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to open our minds to the fields. Look at Look to you, Lord, and, 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 and somehow we pray that you would give us compassion, that you would give us a love for the lost, that you would enable us to reach out to those that are perishing. People are going to hell, Lord. Satan is pulling up hell itself because good people, Christian people, are doing nothing. And I pray that you help us, help me, Help all of us to repent and to, to consider what is important in your book. To consider what you want us to do. Just like I pray that we might be moved like Isaiah. Lord, send me, he said. Would you send us? Would you help us not to be struggles and to get motivated and to become enthusiastic for the cause? I pray it for all of us. Jesus mighty
Thank you for joining us today. We meet at Grove Hill Community Center at 11.30 p.m. in Hemel Hempstead. God bless you.